Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, Driver Reach and Freight Waves production. I'm your host, Jeremy Raymer, founder and CEO of Driver Reach, a modern recruiting and compliance software solution. On this show, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insights to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting and retention. I appreciate all the positive feedback on the show. Please remember to rate and review Taking the Higher Road, whatever platform you use to listen. Now, this week, I'm honored to be joined by an industry leader in driver recruiting, a dear friend who also happens to be a customer, Josh Mecca, Director of Recruiting at American Central Transport. Welcome, Josh. Honored to have you on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Jeremy. So uh, this technically isn't your first time on the show, but uh, it's the first time that I've had the privilege of interviewing you. Uh, we had a guest host sitting in uh, during your first visit on the show. And I want to uh, first congratulate you for being named the 2023 Best Fleets to Drive For. I know that's a great honor, and uh, I'm sure you played a significant role in that achievement. I certainly want to. I want to dig into that a bit. Uh, I want to talk about you know the the sort of evolution of your career and, and approach to recruiting, and uh, I'd like to learn about some of the things that you're passionate about. Plus, I want to save some time for a question from a listener during our deeper dive segment. Does that all work for you? That sounds great. Now, before we dive in, and since you're in Kansas City. Uh, I have to also congratulate you on the Chiefs Super Bowl victory. Uh, it's not easy to get that far and, and pull it off against a, a great team like Philly, but uh, congratulations on that. Oh, well, thank you. We've uh, definitely been honored to watch several years of just amazing football uh, in this this era of Mahomes magic. So hopefully uh, hopefully we can continue the domination of the, uh, the NFL here. Now, I often like to uh, break the ice with a book recommendation. Uh, any chance you might have a book you'd recommend to the audience? Maybe something that's uh, been impactful to you? I do, actually. I just uh, got done reading this book. Uh, it's called Essentialism. Um, I've got a copy of it right here. Uh, it's written by uh, Greg McCown, and it really talks a lot about how to kind of cut those peripheral thoughts, really focus on those things that are just a a distraction from what our, our mission is or what our what our drive is. Any of those things that pull away from us um, and cause us to spend energy going down trails that um, just don't benefit anything. Um, you know, kind of in recruiting, as we all know, it's so much of it is our mental approach to things. Um, and that book really helped resonate with me, help understand and just cut the noise. Let's focus on our line. Let's... Um, uh, reset and just stay stay on point and help us get sharper as we grow. So that's one of those things where in this day and age, especially, I think it's it's timely because there are distractions left and right, easy things that get in the way of prioritization and that sort of thing. So uh, essentialism. Thanks for thanks for sharing that. I'll add that to my Goodreads list. Um, now I want to you know we'll, we dive in here. I, I really want to you know talk a little bit about you first. You know, and, and especially in this case, this was a little unique is. Our relationship goes back at least eight to 10 years, and uh, you had actually applied for a recruiting position in the Nashville, Tennessee uh, branch office of my previous company, and, and I wasn't involved in that process back then, but, uh, but you and I met, I think, a year or two later, and uh, you told me about the awful experience that you had with the person who interviewed you, and while I feel horrible asking about this, uh, I know the experience was one that, that motivated you going forward and certainly helped solidify our relationship after you uh, told me about it. Do you mind sharing what it was that you were told during that process? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, my, my background, I was, I was working uh, with small fleets and I was uh, faced with a decision to, you know, ultimately leave Nashville or not leave Nashville and I was trying to stay. Uh, we've got some family there. So it was kind of, um, um, you know, timely to, to have this, this opportunity. And I, I 
go in and I meet with this individual, um, had a schedule for an hour, uh, you know, typical, typical interview time slot. And this um, meeting, um, I don't even know if that's the right word for it, but it turned into two hours of me being told how I'm not ever going to do anything uh, or amount to anything in recruiting. Um, and I, I sat there and I, I listened to this, this uh, gentleman. Uh, it's a guy that's lots of years experience in the industry, um, worked a lot of companies. Um, so I was, I was taking the approach of, well, is he right? Is he not right? And then I, I got done after I realized that that went about, you know, an hour and 30 minutes longer than I should have let it. Um, and I realized, you know what? Um, he's wrong. And I'm going to do um, my best to, to prove it. And, you know, here we are all these years later. I think it was a couple of years after that, I was um, um, up on stage as the transfer topic recruiter, or, uh, recruiter of the year finalist. Um, Brad Vaughn got it that year, well-deserving um, uh, candidate and honored to share the stage with him, uh, as well as Nick Williams. Um, but needs to say, I'll, I'll never forget in that moment when I'm, I'm sitting up on stage and I had those 10 minutes to, to kind of talk about, you know, that year. Um, and I looked across the stage and I saw this individual sitting at the table uh, taking notes. And I thought, there we go. There we go. Now it's, now it's time to really elevate um, and just drive as hard as I can. And um, for me, it was that learning moment of, um, I'd say my perspective on that moment has even changed just because at that point, you know, I'm still, you know, newer to recruiting. Um, but I also uh, had a lot to learn. And as I've moved past that and as I've learned past that, um, I realized that there's there's definitely a, a, a moment where we as recruiters, whether we're you know directly recruiting or whether we're operations or anybody we are in that hiring process, definitely makes or breaks that perception of the company. Um, and so for me, kind of one of my driving forces is about my, my team, whenever we're working with any candidate, whether we can help them or we can't help them, I just really want to make sure that everybody feels valued everybody feels like we're listening, that we understand kind of their perspective, what their wants and needs are. And sometimes the answer is, hey, you know what? Uh, it's not the right time. And, you know, there's there's a, a way of going about those conversations um, in which the, the recipient doesn't take it the way that I had it in that moment. And so it's really important to me to make sure we all feel valued um, and heard um, by those that we're, we're, you know, trying to better our lives with. Well, I, I, I'm always reminded of it because I think every time I see you every year, you uh, make sure to remind me of it. But uh, and I'm grateful uh, that that even through that, your perception wasn't, you know, uh, so bad on me. But I will say uh, it's encouraging that that was a motivator for you. And mm -hmm. it reminds me of a uh, Frank Sinatra quote where he talks about the, the, the greatest revenge is incredible success. Right. That's the best thing that you can do. And you being up on stage there, I think, was a. You, was a good stamp uh, from that perspective. Now you mentioned that you were younger uh, or newer to, to recruiting mm -hmm. going back, you know, eight to 10 years ago. When did you get into the trucking industry and, and, and how did that happen? So I've been in trucking since October of 2006. Um, I went to the university of South Carolina and had this crazy idea that I wanted to be an attorney. Um, and so I, I focused on the political science side of life, understanding um, you know, contracts and, and how kind of that legal kind of pre-law um, mindset worked. Uh, when I graduated uh, college, I went to work at a private law firm for a couple of years um, and realized that it's, it's not for me. Um, and 
uh, answered a blind ad to go to a Southeast regional uh, trucking company. And that was, uh, I got into rating and traffic. So I was a, a traffic clerk um, for those titles that don't really exist much anymore. Um, but I started off just doing that and moved over into accounting. Um, and then I realized one day that, hey, I'm in an accounting department with a political science degree. Um, I need to do something a little bit different. And that's where kind of as I moved through the, the billing department, I was able to work with some of our customers, uh, work with our sales teams, really kind of help to understand that that nature of relationship between uh, customers and company and, and how important, you know, kind of the, the output product of a company is their freight invoice, right? Um, and that goes from all steps from um, rates being entered correctly to drivers doing their steps on the computers correctly to making sure we get our bill of ladings turned in, making sure that invoice ultimately gets pushed back to that customer in a timely manner in which um, we hopefully get paid the correct amount. And so to so started working with, with customers, I really kind of felt myself moving toward that side. And then that's where a couple of years later, I had the opportunity um, in 2010 to move to Nashville. Um, and there I worked in carrier development, worked with um, carriers uh, and customers all across the country for a, a contractual uh, freight management company. It's at uh, OHL, it's now Geotis. Um, so I was there for a couple of years and got to meet all different types of modes of transportation, regional, short hauls, long hauls, intermodal. Um, just if it moved anything not LCL or parcel, that was what I got to, to work with and had a blast doing it. Got to meet lots and lots of really great carriers, got to hear um, and kind of learn from lots of really um, uh, great innovators out there and, and how we how we truck, right? Um and kind of through that, I realized that I, I just, I missed working with drivers. And so I wanted to get back into drivers and um, had an opportunity to move uh, to a different company where I started uh, working with small fleets. Uh, and that kind of moved from selling them on accounts to uh, recruiting them to, to haul our trailers. And so I, I got into it that way, um, just kind of a natural migration. And then I've been over here in Kansas City for the past seven years now. Um, and um, really just, just, you know, it comes down to really enjoying working with drivers. I miss, uh, I really, that's, that's my favorite thing to know that I can take someone um, and put them in a really good job where they can be successful and make them, um, you know, make, make their families proud of what they do and make them the hero to their family. To quote uh, one of my favorite people, uh, Paul Gibson, if you're listening, I know you know that a lot because we talk about it a lot, but it's really about making that driver the hero, right? Um, and, you know, here we have the opportunity to do that. And so I love those those stories. Um, I love to help people facilitate that. Um, and now we a couple of years ago, we got into entry level training where we work with a couple of schools here in the Kansas City market where we can now take people right out of CDL school. And we get them trained um, and ultimately to go in the fleet. And now this year, the program has matured to the point where one of my former students a couple of years ago was my trainer of the year this year. So we're starting to see that grow and give back. So it's just this this really cool cycle of all of the good things that trucking has to offer while we navigate a lot of the noise that's out there. Um, but just stay focused on our task um, and not lose sight of why we do this. Well, you talked about uh, the you know drivers and your you know uh, goal of getting back and working with drivers and recognizing. I think you didn't say this. I'm saying this, but I think we both would agree. You know, salt of the earth. You know, backbone of America. Mm -hmm. And so. Um, I do want to let's talk about the award. 
you know, uh, with with ACT, you know, being ranked one of the top 20 carriers in the U.S. to drive for, what is what does that mean for for ACT and and how does it help recruit and retain drivers? You know, for for us, this is our sixth consecutive year making that list. Um, and I'm, I, I'd, I'd be lying if I say I, I slept soundly the night before. I'm always so anxious. It's like uh, like my version of Christmas almost, um, just to see if we made that list again. Because what that list is to me is that list being completely independent. Um, you know, I think Mark and Jane do a phenomenal job um, in their team of administering this program at Carrier's Edge. Um, but one of the things that it starts off, and I don't think a lot of people realize this, is that it's driver-led. One of my drivers has to nominate us. Um, that then creates, you know, the questionnaires we go through, the interviews we go through, and then ultimately the number of surveys that that our fleet has to fill out. But it's a very driver-heavy uh, process. Um, and so what it does for us is it challenges us every single year um, to continue to improve, to, to think as we're making different decisions, how does this better the lives of our drivers? Um, how does this better our overall package? Um, and where does where does this where does this decision fit? Is this good, bad? Excuse me. But what it what it also does is it causes us to not stay still. It causes us to constantly push forward, constantly evolve. Um, and then the other cool part about it is once you're done, you can you know have consultations and everything. And then from there, being in that group uh, and the other carriers that compete, you have the chance to learn from the best of the best. Um, to sit there and to be able to, to, to learn from what other companies are doing. Again, not named specifically, but we get to see trends. We get to see different uh, ideas and concepts. And then how do, do those fit for us? Do they not fit for us? Um, maybe not quite like that, but we could look at something in a different light. And so what it enables us to do is to uh, constantly um, evolve and to continue to try to make trucking um, as great as we possibly can. Because, you know, Jeremy, at the end of the day, it's a hard job. Our drivers have a hard job. It's a tough life. Um, and I tell everybody coming into it, your biggest challenge is going to be the mental side of, of trucking. You know, we don't talk about that enough, but that mental evolution of being home every day versus going out in that road or going out in that truck for you know a week, two weeks, three weeks, some guys longer um, until you find that, you know, home every night, home every day. But even at that, you still work so hard and you get an hour and then you go to bed and do it all over again. It's a tough job. And so we as companies, I, I believe we have an obligation on our part uh, to make it as great as we can um, in a really, really tough moment. You know, and, I mean, does that does that kind of make sense? Well, a ton. And, and I think the biggest now now that you, you know, sort of have this big bullseye, the I, bullseye is the wrong word that, you know, but in, in a good way. Right. It's a it's a magnet where people say, I want to work for a company like that, a, a company that's intentional about earning that award, you know, six years in a row, That's in, that, that cares about providing a good experience to drivers and keeping them. Um, could you share maybe what are the, you know, top two or three things that, that you believe are, are crucial to attracting the right types of candidates uh, to ACT? Because not everybody's a good fit, but how do you, how do you get the, the right ones? What are the maybe two or three things that are that really help you attract the right types of folks? You know, I think, I think for us, a lot of it is our people. Um, we've got a, a different than most um, atmosphere here at ACT. Um, and for those of you who've been on site, I always hear the same thing. It's like, this doesn't feel like a trucking company. 
Um, it's because we believe in taking care of our people. Um, and so for, for us, as we're going through that application process, you know, if we see certain patterns on applications of, you know, dishonesty or um, not willing to take the safe way out, um, you know, the, the drivers, I mean, and again, I know, I know we see, and we've got plenty of memes out there um, that take shortcuts and they end up on Facebook. Um, you know, those, those types of patterns are really trying to avoid um, people who, who, um, you know, struggle. I don't want to, I don't want this to come weird, but compliance is a big thing. You know, statistically, I know that if you're compliant, you're going to have better miles. You're going to have a better paycheck because of that. And you're going to get safe and you're going to get back home to your family. And so we, when we're looking and talking to applicants, um, we really try to hold all of those things near and dear to, to us as we get to know uh, the, the drivers that we bring on here to ACT. Um, and then even going through the orientation process, uh, several of our, our key managers are very involved in that orientation. We'll have lunch with our candidates. We'll meet with them one-on-one. We do a lot of different things just to make sure that by the time we're done and we give them that truck, that they are going to be a good fit and that whatever questions that they've got, I don't want them leaving orientation with questions, you know, because we can, again, if we can handle more of that in house uh, before they leave, then that's more mental focus that we can have on staying safe um, as opposed to lingering questions. So we really try to be very intentional about all of that. So it's, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of just personal touch points that we try to do here. Honesty, integrity, compliance. I mean, those are sort of some critical foundational elements. It sounds like, um, I know you have a passion for working with veterans as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd, I'd like to ask you a little bit about, about what you're doing in that, in that area. I know, um, and when I say passion, I mean this, uh, and, it, and, it, and it means a lot to me when I get, when I have relationships with people who, uh, they wear their heart on their sleeve sometimes, right? You can get really emotional. It's easy to get. I remember when we were, uh, it was last February, we were in New Orleans at a veteran summit mm-hmm. and you were, uh, you were speaking and, and introducing somebody and, and got very emotional. Um, and that just, that pulls on everybody's heartstrings. And so, you know, I know you're, you're passionate about that. You know, what are you doing or, you know, how has that become part of your recruiting strategy? Yeah. So that's, that's, um, something's very important to me. Um, I was not medically able to serve in our military. So, um, I came out of a, a family who my dad was in the air force. My uncle, um, 38 years in the Marine Corps. Uh, my grandpa was in the Air Corps. I can go on with the entire entire family tree of, of who served. Um, and with me not being able to, um, I really feel like when I found myself in position to help those who did, uh, that I'm going to take that opportunity. Um, and I've tried to put together our training programs to where um, veterans coming in with additional GI bills. I've worked with, with Dave and Gene over at Fastport uh, to make sure I have the apprenticeship program set up because those guys get some additional funding just because I took that extra time to make sure we have those positions in place um, to make sure they get compensated appropriately. Um, you know, this the, the, the summit in New Orleans um, with the, the truck that we did with our driver, Ken Mateer, um, knowing him like I did when that opportunity came up, I mean, you're not going to find a guy with a more genuine heart than, than Ken. Um, you know, and there's this industry is full of people with his story. Um, we just have to take the time to get to know him, right? Um, and so I, I see these moments, I see these stories, and knowing my fleet, 
Um, and just to be able to recognize and say thank you was something those that that simple. I, I say simple, it's not, but it, it, it can be. It's, thank you is simple, right? Um, but to be able to give back to those who serve to keep this country free and to keep it uh, as, as great as it is, um, even though we, we may be in some challenging times right now, um, I think once once everything settles and I realize, hey, you know what? We still have something in this country that nothing, that's not found anywhere else in the rest of the world. You know, we're that great, true social experiment that we're going to rise. We're going to get better. We're going to we're going to figure it out. Um, and we're going to continue to be, you know, the greatest country in the world. To democracy. To democracy. <laughs> so, well, that's awesome. And uh, and I really appreciate that. And I think uh, I didn't know uh, that you were um, participating in the apprenticeship program. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a whole nother conversation, hopefully on another episode when we can finally see kind of some traction starting to take place. But but since we are running uh, a little bit short on time, I, I I think this might be a good opportunity to to get into the deeper dive question. I know you mentioned earlier about uh, uh, the EL uh, entry level training that you uh, put on. So this maybe is appropriate for you. Uh, the question is. We've considered adding a training program so we can hire newer entrants to the industry. What are the benefits and challenges to a training or finishing program? Yeah, so I'd say the biggest benefit to it is you get to raise your own, right? You get somebody who's right out of school who they know how to, to operate that truck, but they don't know anything else. But that's also the biggest challenge with a new entrant program is they think that they know what trucking is. Um, until they get into it. And with, with our program, again, the, the hardest part is just that adjusting to the lifestyle. Um, but really, it, it comes down to level setting expectations. It comes down to um, you know making sure that the candidates that you're hiring fit who you are as a company. But I'm going to go back to one of those memes that we used to see a whole lot. I haven't seen it much recently, but it's that what I think I do versus what I actually do uh, we, we as an industry have done a good job at attracting people to this industry. Um, but I'd say our view of it is that RV lifestyle, you know, when you're in a truck, you know, we want to think we're going to see the country and, and we will, we'll get out, we'll get out across the interstates. Right. But that's where we're going to stay. They don't really have a lot of truck and trailer parking in international mm -hmm. parks yet. Um, so when we get out there, we've got to make sure that our, our drivers understand that, you know, you're going to get out there, you're going to see the country, but you're going to stay in the industrial parks. You know, hey, we can. There's there's different ways to get out and about, um, and I really encourage drivers to do that. Take advantage of that opportunity opportunity in between loads or on downtime. You know, get an Uber. You know, Ubers become a lot more prevalent. Use those mm -hmm. things. Use that tools just to get that mental break. Um, but understand too that when we're out there working, there's a lot of challenges that we have, um, and that's been my biggest challenge working with entry level drivers. It's not the the technique. It's the it's the getting them to adjust to what being this, the, the backbone really is, you know, it's, it's a tough job learning the lifestyle, learning to adapt and adjust and overcome obstacles um, while being extremely resourceful is a, a great trait to have. Totally different lifestyle uh, for sure. And uh, they do, they, they'll see the country uh, and they'll see lots of sun sunrises, mm -hmm. right? But not necessarily maybe where they'd want to see them, but still they'll see them nonetheless. Well, Josh, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'm grateful for our friendship and uh, appreciate your passion for the industry. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, Jeremy. I'm looking forward to, to talking with you some more here in the future. And thanks for joining me for another episode of Taking the Higher Road and for spreading the word to your industry peers. We really appreciate it. 
Remember, you can submit any questions or comments, including those which may appear on upcoming Deeper Dive segments at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road, whatever platform you use to listen. Until next time, thank you for taking the higher road.